0: You're tuned in to the Neo Academy podcast. My name's Mark and welcome to another episode of Neo Ideas, weekly insights from the world of education. The journey towards personal learning. When will we ever escape the rut of outdated pedagogy, asked an article in the Times Higher Education the other week as the UK Minister for Education demanded that higher education institutions stick to the face-to-face lecture as the dominant model of teaching and learning. Uh, This is the same old discussion playing out again and again all over the world. There is such energy and drive to innovate and reform education, but some things just take time. And what we have now is a fragmented approach where individuals and institutions see it, seem to be it, different stages of the journey some stagnant some exhausted some racing ahead some convinced they've already changed enough to serve a new generation of learners and we have to wonder where is it all headed what are we talking about well broadly speaking you can look at education reform generally as a journey from a point where the teacher instructor or lecturer is at the center of the experience and progressing to an end point where the learner is at the centre, firmly in control. Where did this all start? And if we're heading towards a more personal learning experience, then what might that look like? Way stage one, the teacher-centred classroom. Whether primary, secondary, further or higher education, we're using these words deliberately and consciously. The whole groups of learners facing a teacher thing is pretty much how many people think of a learning environment. The word teacher in English comes from the old English word tekan, to show or demonstrate. And that's pretty much all it is. The teacher shows the learner what they think they need to know, filling their heads with knowledge as empty vessels, as the saying goes. as learners have no choice in the subject matter, no voice in how it's taught and though we can ask questions of the teacher and of others, this is pretty much the only active agency we possess. No pause, no rewind, just response to stimuli, memorization and repetition. Transferring knowledge to somebody can be done pretty well by a text, web page, video or book and so it's a tragic waste of a learning opportunity to have an esteemed scholar reading their PowerPoint to you instead of really lighting a fire of inquiry in you. That's why the back row are snoring, and maybe the front too. Though most in K-12 have left the teacher-centered approach to at least some degree behind them, many universities still hang on to it. There may be attempts to make it more active with quizzes and warm-up activities, brain breaks, post-lecture discussions, but it's still essentially the same as it has been for centuries. As one colleague once said to us in response to all this, perhaps they haven't changed it because it's working. Unfortunately, we know from a mountain of evidence that this is neither the best way to learn, nor is it helping learners develop their own passions, critical voices and agencies as lifelong learners. Way stage two, the learner-centered environment. We're consciously dropping the word classroom at this point because learning environments at this stage can be a bit broader and we really should be dropping these industrial era words as we start to reimagine what a learning space can actually be. This is a major shift and it's the stage at which you're likely to find the majority of mainstream K-12 schools and the more progressive, moving and shaking colleges and universities. At this point, we as educators do not start by thinking about what we want to teach or need them to know and how to support them to learn, but rather how to create opportunities for our learners to figure out what they might like to know within the parameters of the subject and how they might like to learn it. In the medieval universities of Europe, there was a bit of a blurred line between churches and educational institutions, and both looked pretty much the same, with a man with a beard, well, beard optional, but recommended, standing behind the lectern and delivering a sermon or a lecture in pretty much the same way. During the Protestant Reformation in Europe, the new churches of Luther and Calvin saw the ministers move to the side of the stage, literally, acting vicariously between God and the congregation, which is where the word vicar comes from, by the way, as an intermediary. The idea was that they facilitated but didn't control your interaction with the divine, whereas in Catholicism, the priest stood front and centre as the authority and the word, a gatekeeper of sorts. Why are we telling you this? Because student-centred education is kind of like this too, though it took another 450 years for educators to move to the side. The educator worked on reducing the focus on themselves and looked instead at how to create more student-led activities and learning opportunities where they might support and guide, rather than dictate how you progress in your learning. It's here you find much more collaborative work, problem solving, inquiry, experiential learning, a lot of other good stuff. Even if the overall structure of the learning journey itself is still pretty rigid, there is at least some flexibility in how learners get there. Way stage three, the learner-directed environment and personal learning. It's getting tricky. We're out on the edges here, but we happen to like the view from here. This environment is more fluid, and that can be intimidating to educators who often have to learn new skills and approaches, but it's exciting too. Imagine a setting where the learner is free to pursue their curiosity and passions, and the educator helps to scaffold the learning around that in a proactive, responsive way. The learner is free to iterate, reflect, ask for help, co-create ways to extract learning from each part of the process and do so on their own terms, online, offline, in the formal learning environment or out in the world and most often a combination of all of these things. Learners at K-12 up to university would be expected to work at their own pace, under their own direction, customizing their own learning experiences to fit passions and interests that motivate them, as well as their own schedules and personal circumstances. The educator here is supporting the whole climate culture and context of learning, but the direction comes from the learner themselves. Believe it or not, this is compatible with most state imposed curricula, albeit with some initial time to make the transition. It doesn't happen overnight, but it's well worth the effort. Some institutions like the Steiner Waldorf schools have been doing this for a long time. Though as their educators stay with the same cohort of learners until they're 14 or 15, there is a lot of time to build an understanding of what each learner might need to flourish. Other learning environments like the Green School in Bali are already demonstrating solid results and expertise in personal learning approaches. This is the final step towards personal learning, where the learner is always engaged in what is relevant and meaningful to them, and the learning's built and scaffolded around them. A lot of noise is made about technology as the essential element to support such a complex approach, but people do get a bit caught up in AI and flexible learning management systems and forget one essential thing. You cannot remove the person from personal learning. Technology is a tool and it will be essential for institutions that move to a personal learning environment, but it's not the sum of all things. Teachers at this stage become mentors and guides and their skill and experience is a critical success factor that cannot be outsourced or replaced. In our Neo chats with Birgit Lau, the ambassador to Estonia's Ministry of Education, she told us that her bold vision was to move towards a personal learning approach for all Estonian K-12 education institutions by the end of the decade. Universities again are more reluctant to make this shift because of the weight of Formal accreditation and the cost efficiency of having cohorts move in lockstep through the same content. Some, however, are introducing personal learning programs for some specific areas, such as Essex County College in New Jersey, which has transformed high fail rates in mathematics by reimagining the entire thing as a personal learning program. And you? Where's your institution on the journey and where are you? Every week on our Neo chats, the podcasts and the videos, we'll be talking to some of the people pushing education forward. So there's always a bit of inspiration to send you into the weekend. Make sure you sign up on Spotify or follow us on LinkedIn or even better both to receive notifications and join us weekly as we explore the journey of education, innovation and reform together.